0: It's a brace for the 18-year-old, and three points in the back for Chicago. Federico Navarro weaving his way through, and it's in. It. it falls for Shakir, the Swiss international, back onto the score sheet, and he doubles the. Fire. All right, folks, welcome into another edition of the Intercontinental Football Show. I am your host, Tyler Terrence, joined by none other than the chairman of the non-existing board, Emmett McConnell. Lucky you guys, two podcasts, one week, 4-1 win for the Chicago Fire in front of 62,124 of your closest friends, or at least everybody who is wearing Chicago Fire red or blue or white. Those are your closest friends, not the ones who are wearing inner Miami pink. Record crowd for the Chicago fire club history. Felt like the glory days and even beyond felt like what should have been in 2020. When the fire were pegged to host Atlanta United had already sold close to 50,000 tickets before the world shut down due to COVID. This felt like. One of the biggest nights in Chicago fire history. Obviously, there have been MLS Cups, there have been U.S. Open Cups. I'm not going to say it's the biggest night because it was a regular season game in a game in which the Fire needed to have against a team that, yes, they should have beaten. Without Lionel Messi and Jordi Alba, that is a team you should beat. That is the expectation for this club. But the way in which they did it, the Swiss boys having themselves a night, Shaqiri brace, Marin selassie brace. Deafening noise along the lakefront. And now how many people went to that game and are going to be return customers and got to experience four goals at Soldier Field? A huge win. No, you didn't get to see Lionel Messi. I know that there were some fans who were upset. But how about the club offering credit for the following season. I think it's a big time move. For a number of different reasons. But. That night. Was. I don't even want to say it's what the doctor ordered. Because the doctor can't prescribe something like that. It, it was. It was a night in which. Everything that could go right went right. The weather, the performance, the amount of goals, who scored the goals, meaning Shakiri An emphatic win in a must-win situation. The performance from Lil Dirk. Shout out, Lil Dirk. I know Emmett's a huge Lil Dirk fan. Fist pumping like he's on the Jersey Shore. This night could not have gone any better. I I am caught between wanting to emphasize and continue to emphasize how important this was for the club, for the city of Chicago, for the sport of soccer in the city of Chicago. All of that is well and good, and there will be a time and place. But you guys know me by now. I'm a here and now kind of guy. And this was so important for the playoff push, so important for the the pulse of the club for the remaining two games. Because what we've been talking about for the past couple of weeks after going seven winless before the Red Bulls win was that you needed to be able to find a way to just simply turn this around and turn it into a four-game season. You got the win at Red Bulls in, in ugly fashion. Yes, ugly fashion. I have no problem saying that. You beat an Inter-Miami team that you needed to beat, and that you should beat. I have no problem saying that. The expectation should be for the Chicago Fire, with the resources at their disposal, a going up against a team that's without Lionel Messi and Jordi Alba, the expectation should be, yes, we should beat this team. And it needed to be a win no matter what. But the fact it was in the fashion that it was reinstilled and and maybe even just instilled a, a new kind of belief that not only is this season salvageable to make the postseason, because now the fire are currently sitting in eighth place, two points clear of Montreal with two games yeah. remaining, could host a wild card game, and it is fully in their control at this point in time, fully. But that the sleeping giant that exists within Chicago is real because everybody, oh, that's that's all anybody says it's a sleeping giant, it's a sleeping giant, it's a sleeping giant. And then the joke is, well, when's the giant going to wake up? The giant is not fully awoken yet because this needs to bleed over into next year. Obviously, you need to make some signings. You need to change some things on the roster. That much is very clear, and I am not saying anything groundbreaking. The Giant may not be fully awake and ready to go and and strap on your boots and go to work. But the Giant at least has been poked. A little groggy, maybe hits the snooze button. I'm guilty of it. I know Emmett is as well and most of you who are listening to this podcast, and maybe there are some of you who say, I don't know what a snooze button is, Tyler, because I'm a grinder and that's what I do. Good for you. But while I continue with this giant metaphor, and while you continue to indulge me, if you can keep this momentum rolling into the weekend against Charlotte in another must-win situation, and in a situation where... You basically can lock up your spot with a win. If you get some help from Montreal and NYCFC, you can lock up your spot with a win. Cause you'd be on 43. And if Montreal and NYCFC are five points off the mark, or even if they're four points off the mark with one game remaining, I am no mathematician, but that becomes mathematically impossible for either one of those teams to beat to reach them. This looked destitute a couple of weeks ago again. And I told you how quickly this can turn just the way that it turned in a negative fashion. Was it perfect against Miami? Absolutely not. Because Benjamin Kramowski should have finished it all, should have finished, and it should have been 2 1 Miami. Miami had their chances. But one of the biggest difference between teams in this league and a league that is built on the foundations of parity, one of the biggest differences, you have to punish teams if they don't punish you. And in order to punish teams, you have to score. And newsflash, the Chicago Fire have not been capable of scoring goals at a consistent rate this year. But if Miami was going to continuously throw numbers forward and it was going to be sluggish and they were going to leave themselves exposed at the back and keep the ball and do what they normally do when Messi and Alba are on the field. And if they weren't going to finish their chances, you'd be better damn sure that you're going to kill them on the other end. And that's exactly what ended up happening. Throw numbers forward, be brave, multiple runners in the box and cause all sorts of problems for a back line that is not particularly fleet of foot between Kamal Murray, Sergei Kristoff, whoever it might be. When a team like Miami comes into your house and and keeps the ball for, for long stretches and is going to be and is going to be that daring and that bold when they do have the ball, up, back through. First goal for the fire was just downright sexy. I don't have another word for it. That type of pattern is so simple. And and it is something that you learn. You're 11 years old. Even the goalkeepers learn it. Emmett will be the first to tell you. You break a line so that the central defender has to run with the striker who's in. You lay it off. Backline gets sucked in a little bit. There's a run being made on the outside. You play the ball through, and then you go. Painfully simple stuff, and it works. First division is in in North America. Unbalances teams. Holly Selassie comes on, and just relishing in the moment. But you know something? It is easy to get up when there are sixty-two thousand one hundred and sixty-four of you in Soldier Field. It is easy to get up for that game—a game that most of those players have never experienced before, biggest crowd that they'll that some of them have ever played in front of, and probably will ever play in front of. Jordan Shakiri is the only one who can say otherwise for the for the Chicago Fire. Now I want to see it again on Saturday. Do do I expect 62,000? Absolutely not. You'd be naive to. But the expectation for the players should now be, this is what it can look like from an energy and a finishing standpoint for the remaining couple games of the season, and then whatever might happen if you do make the playoffs. Charlotte are coming off of a 3-0 win against Toronto. Everybody beats Toronto, though, as we've talked about. And reminder, Charlotte was the one who put the nail in the coffin last year. Up 2-0 at halftime, you lose 3-2 for the second time at home last year. You owe them one. Who knows what this roster and what this what this coaching staff, what all this is going to look like next year. But I'll tell you what's in front of them right now. Two games, one of them being at home and a possibility to host a wildcard playoff game. You want to wake up the sleeping giant playoff game, get 40,000 on the lakefront for postseason soccer in Chicago, put on a show, get to the next round and see what happens. That's how you wake up the sleeping giant. And it's fully within your control. Now I'm starting to build myself up here with expectations. And I've told all of you this before, when it comes to sports fandom, I operate in a, in a realistic, almost pessimistic fashion, which is the only aspect of life that I do that in. And when you're a Mets, Jets, and Knicks fan for your entire life, you're sort of beaten down to the point where you simply cannot operate in any other fashion. How can I constantly get my hopes up about those types of teams to only be let down? So instead, I expect almost nothing from them, and then if they do produce something, then I am pleasantly surprised. But now, with the proof of concept that we saw from a, from an atmosphere standpoint. From a quality of play standpoint, with two games left, with the type of opponents that you're going up against. This is realistic now because it's only two games. I want to host that playoff game. Why not? Are you getting the goals from consistent sources just like we talked about? App? No, you're not. But figure out a way to continue to, to, to put the ball in the back of the net, whether it's Shakiri, Haile Selassie, Herber's making runs out of the midfield. If Wyatt Omsberg needs to go up there and score a goal off of his shin. By the way, kid's been putting in some shifts recently. How beautiful is this sport? How beautiful is it for this kid who had that brutal injury last year when he had won the starting spot misses the rest of the season basically got no playing time this year and now he started in two of the biggest games of the year and it has been part of a defense that has let up one goal in must-win situations for the fire starting next to Carlos one game and Rafa the other how could you be not how could you not be romantic about sports Giving me chills thinking about it. Giving me chills thinking about a 20-year-old Brian Gutierrez being able to play in front of 62,000. With Frank Klopas, the Chicago kid, and who helped get this franchise off and running. Winning the double back in 1998. Scoring the golden goal. In front of a fraction of the crowd that we saw on Wednesday night. That was a night, Emmett a weeknight, and you were able to pull 62,000. Yes, most of them came to see Messi. But what they saw was Chicago putting an utter beat down on Miami and taking advantage of the moment and making it about them and not making it about Inter-Miami. What do you think could happen if this team... Puts a consistent product on the field, has some big names on the roster, or even some young names and some young up-and-coming talent, like we've seen. Go see Gagas Lanina, go see John Duran, and can do this throughout the course of a season. And encourage people to come down to the lakefront because this is something that you want to see and you want to be a part of, particularly during the summer months of Chicago. But for right here and right now, Charlotte over the weekend, NYCFC on Decision Day, October 21st. But you could theoretically lock up your playoff spot and you could lock up the home wildcard game with a win and some help from Montreal and NYCFC. And I got news for you. Montreal is home against Portland. That's a tough ask. Portland have been playing really well as of late and are also in a position where they need to pick up points. If they want to avoid the if they want to avoid the wild card game, or even if they want to ensure that they're going to be a part of the postseason. It would be hard for them to miss it at this point, but it's still a possibility. So Montreal have a tough one, and then NYCFC are at DC. And I don't need to tell you how congested things are in the Eastern Conference and why DC need points and why NYCFC need points. The best case scenario out of that game, because it's two teams that the fire are jockeying with in NYCFC and DC, I think is a draw because if you win, you're on 43. NYC would be on 39. They can't catch you. DC would be on 38. And that's their final game of the season, DC. DC will not be playing on decision day. Correct me if I'm wrong there, Emmett. Even if DC wins, you're still good. DC win or a draw. Obviously, don't want NYCFC to win. And then same goes for Montreal, a draw or a loss. This is doable, man. Who's going to step up at home against Charlotte? It's Whenever the fire have needed something, it's been somebody different every time, whether it was Kai Kamara on the road against Portland, whether it was Fabian Herbers on the road against Sporting Kansas City. Kutzias against Red Bulls. Shakiri against Inter Miami. Chris Brady and Wyatt Omsberg from a defensive and goalkeeping standpoint against Red Bulls. Jonathan Dean seemingly has been the best option to write back for the past couple of games. Gaston and Dumbia are, are figuring it out one game at a time. There is just enough there right now, just enough. And with the Charlotte group, you know they, they are like every other team towards the bottom of the table in the Eastern Conference that are hovering around that playoff spot, where you just don't know what you're going to get out of them. They had a stretch this year on four out of five, five out of seven, but they've won one in their last eight. Seven, excuse me. They've beaten LAFC at home. They've gone on the road to beat the Galaxy. They've gone on the road to beat Atlanta. But they've gone multiple stretches of seven plus games without a win this year. And they have talent. Schwedersky, Capetti is a wild card. You don't know what you're going to get out of him. Obviously, spent a decent amount of the season injured. Ashley Westwood is a fantastic central midfielder, incredibly clean on the ball. But like I said, you owe this team one. Finish their season. Because they came into your house and did it to you last year. Emmett, I'm fired up. You know what the doctor ordered? For the city of Chicago is a home playoff game. That's what the doctor is ordering. Go to Walgreens and get your script. Get it filled. Take a couple doses and call me in the morning. God, I want to see it so bad. Playoff soccer in Chicago. Put an end to the drought. Finish the job. 180 minutes. You could lock everything up in 90 minutes with a little bit of help. I get by with a little help from my friends north of the border and in the Big Apple. Help me help you. I wonder how many more movie quotes and cliches I can uh, rattle off. Other news around MLS. Finally got some more teams to clinch in the Western Conference. Five clinched in one night. St. Louis have some company. LAFC clinched with a huge 5-1 win over Minnesota United, who were desperate. LAFC back to their normal scoring ways after being shut out in four out of the last five games in all competitions. Three straight games in league play. It was such a bad loss that Minnesota United part ways with Adrian Heath and their technical director woof bit odd to do it two games left in the season i have questions probably won't get any answers vancouver clinch houston clinch rsl clinch seattle clinch how about seattle with a late 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 show christian rolled on two one winners over the la galaxy to basically put their playoff hopes to bed not eliminated just yet but eliminated see the weather for the dallas and colorado game i'm actually in dallas right now visiting a buddy from college a goalkeeper no less he's insane obviously game got postponed where are they going to fit it in now international break most likely there was signage falling off i mean some of the videos were scary 75 mile per hour winds few inches of rain some hail i mean it was wild i got dallas and san jose this weekend could be a potential preview of the wild card game san jose after finishing in the bottom of the western conference last year in the into the postseason most likely under the stewardship of lucy gonzalez It's going to be musical chairs in the Western Conference, basically from the two-seed down to the nine-seed for the next two weeks. Meaning match weeks. Got the international friendlies coming up for the United States, Ghana, and Germany. Giorena back in the mix, baby. I think he's been told that he's not going to play. Sorry, that was a bad joke. Too soon? No, Evan says no. A lot going on at the moment. Do we want to talk about uh, Liverpool and what ended up happening with the, uh, the committee and how they said that Jota shouldn't have been sent off and Klopp wants a replay? The game's obviously not going to be replayed. We don't live in that kind of world. What an exciting time to be a soccer fan. My goodness. Never not an exciting time. It's always something going on, especially if you're in the United States. During the summer, you got MLS going on. I always say United States. I just I keep forgetting about our brethren north of the border. Then if I say North America, am I talking about Mexico? I don't know. It's easier to say country. Montreal, Vancouver, Toronto. I am not forgetting about you. Toronto, I mean, everybody's forgotten about you this year, but Maybe next year. Emma shakes his head. No, not next year.
1: You don't believe in John Herdman? You know what I do believe in? Lorenzo Insigne picking fights with fans. Hey, hey, hey. I, you don't know what the fan said to him. No. I'm but kidding. But, There's never an excuse for that behavior when you're the player. Yeah, it's called punching down, right? When you're the player, like, yeah, as a fan, listen, listen, folks doesn't mean you can go out and pick fights with with players. Not okay. But there's going to be some bozos out there, and if you're a player, you have to have the wherewithal to not get into fights every time someone says something mean about you or your family or your team or whatever gets them incensed. It's just not a good look. I thought, and I was wrong, which I very often am, that with Messi coming, Insigne would light a fire under him. Previously, most highest-paid player, he kind of came with his own entourage with uh, Bernardeschi and Crescito, kind of like Busquets and Alba coming. I thought, man, there is a there is a juxtaposition of two very different ways that can go: come in, win a league's cup, become the media darlings of the country, or come in and get a wooden spoon. So those are the only two options. <laughs> those are the only two options, as we've seen. Okay. We can only make, you know, scientific discoveries based off of our observations. And these are the only things we observed in those instances. So all I can take is you got one or the other. So take the risk, go out, buy three superstars. But with Toronto, I don't know. I don't know if it's there. The East keeps getting stronger. Look at it this year. Look at my team struggling to get into the playoffs that last year might have been a... uh, I mean, I think that the
0: format has something to do with that, Mr. McConnell.
1: No, right. But I mean, is it stronger? I feel as if here's how I see it. Every year there are three to four teams that are absolute punching bags (laughs) in either conference where there's just a massive, massive gap between the rest of the league and them. It's been Miami. It's been Cincinnati. It's been Toronto. It's been DC. Heck, it's been Chicago and this year there's only one it's only one it's only Toronto it's only punching bag this year any other team can go out and get a result against you you know haven't been a ton of it it's been a little bit tighter and I think that has to do with the competitiveness in the league but you know I wouldn't put it past Toronto to not be a punching bag next year but do I think they're going to be up with the likes of Atlanta or Columbus or New England Philadelphia I'm with you. Do you? No. I don't disagree with anything you said. I don't. I will say this. They're not too far off from the Revs, Player by player in that squad. I'd be... though no, that leads me more to think that the Revs could be in a Toronto position next year without Bruce Arena.
0: Yeah, could be an interesting season for them. Uh, Atlanta is going to be very good next year. Columbus will be very good again. Interested about Orlando. I still am not sure if they're for real. I could see them getting bounced in the first round.
1: They're going to win the first round on, like, penalties. Hmm. They're going to win the first game on penalties. They're going to lose the next game, and then they're going to win the next game on penalties again. I think they're good. I'm with you that, are like, they don't seem to have uh, that benchmark of I've seen these guys do it. I've seen these players... But I've seen them beat... I was on the
0: call when they beat St. Louis at home and then went on the road to go beat Cincinnati to beat the number one teams in the West and the East in the same week. And here I am still saying I'm not sure. They what have talent. About me? What does
1: that say about me and my trust issues? What does that say about them? By the way, uh, is Robin Jansen going to win MLS Defender of the Year? <laughs> I heard from a friend of ours that he thinks that that's the best pick. Um...
0: Orlando's the third best defense in the East. Like fifth or sixth overall. He's been very good, but like. What about your data? What about Matt Miazga. They're on the same amount of goals allowed and they won the supporter shield.
1: I'm with you. I haven't seen enough Orlando. What about Uh, Jackson Reagan? I think Jackson Reagan's going to win MLS Defender of the Year. I mean, if we're going to go – they've given up 32 goals this year. He's been at the heart of it. Yamar? I don't know. What's your criteria? Who's been the best defensive player in the league? That's my criteria. Jose Martinez. Ooh now you got the juices going
0: well it's defender it's defender of the
1: year it's yeah, not not defensive midfielder of the year mm-hmm. there's an argument though no i mean I, there's no argument it's he I don't, a position. no no i mean in terms of mls defender of the year i think every other position you're going to go through is say if you are a media member with a vote which i'm not for obvious reasons you say mvp lucho acosta okay done and dusted Goalkeeper of the year roman berkey all right move on Coach of the uh, year, Brad Noonan. Simple as that, or should Bradley Carnell get a shout? Coach the, not as simple as that. That one's close. Not as simple as that. That one's close. But I give it to Pat Noonan because I think just winning the shield is tends to be what happens. You when You just. You I don't like. Get I don't like that
0: though. I don't like that. That we're just going to automatically give it like it's the best player on the best team. That doesn't. I don't. I don't jive with that. I think we can be more clever, and I think we can be more nuanced who had the biggest job to do from a coaching standpoint this year and over and and exceeded all expectations and their mother had St. Louis finish with not a player on the roster with the exception of Roman Berkey. A goalkeeper does not count. Bradley Carnell in my eyes is the coach of the year. Pat Noonan was the coach of the year last year. In my eyes, along with Steve Chirondolo.
1: Bradley Carnell, for me, is my coach of the year. Who did win? In, who did? Uh, who did end up winning coach of the year last year? I know who won coach of the year. It was your boy Jim Curtin. I disagree. Mm. Mm. I think that one will be a toss-up. So I think there people who will say supporter shield, Trump's who's your, who's your coach of the year? I'm biased, but I'd go Pat Noonan. But I would be split. Your, your argument on Bradley Carnell is very, very good. If you think of, like, expected position, and we're not going to get into the expected goals debate that I always seem to get with some of the uh, older announcers, but predicted position for the league and end position – not to toot my own horn but i predicted cincinnati was gonna win the east and probably fairly easily i don't That's, again i don't i don't get not, a prediction there it's not groundbreaking no i'm exactly. proud of you but it's not groundbreaking exactly so when we look at it you're right like cincinnati was expected to probably be up around there There probably weren't a lot of people who predicted them to win the shield but st louis wasn't so yeah maybe bradley Maybe Brad, Bradley Carnell is. I would put, how about this? I would put Oscar Pereja ahead of Pat Noonan.
0: And I'm not taking anything away from what he's done, but I'm just saying in terms of the, the amount of talent that they have on their roster and how they performed last year coming into this season, everybody expected Cincinnati to be one of the best teams in the league. But expect, but media expectations sized up against he obviously has to go out there and coach them and and coaching is not simply the x's and o's it's managing the locker room it's managing egos and they and there are some egos in that locker room whether it was Brenner before they sold him Lucho Acosta at the moment and then also implementing some younger players and being the best team throughout the throughout a 34 game schedule there is something to be said for that and that is why you make the easy argument for Pat Noonan and why a lot of people can fall into that trap but for me how Bradley Carnell was able to not only cultivate a culture, get everybody to buy in. Lutz, Fahnenstiel has to be the executive of the year.
1: Has to be. That one's easy. Most of these picks are easy. I'll say the coach one, I'm with you. That's not an easy one and defender of the year. Comeback player of the year, Alan Polito. Young player of the year, Tiago Amada. All right, let's get to the good ones, right? Get past the easy ones. Coach of the year and defender of the year. Those are the ones I'm unsure of. You may have convinced me on Bradley Carnell.
0: Wow. If I did if I did one good thing today, it was that that I, I changed your mind on a on not Oscar a, Pareja day. though. So you it would be Carnell Noonan Pareja for you. Or is there another coach who slides in there? Um Well for Nancy no. in his
1: first year? I mean he could they no. could with, they could end up with the three seed he had, had more resources at Columbus than he did at Montreal That is this is true this is true. that being said if you look back at the talent on that Montreal team it was a well put together squad Alistair Johnston Victor Wanyama Ismael right. Kone, Georgie Mihailovic yeah. you know Seattle, Chicago. at the time you know they paid a million dollars for Mihailovic they paid a million dollars for Johnston they paid a pretty penny for Kamal Miller like it wasn't as if they and uh, Victor Wanyama so it wasn't as if they didn't like go out and say oh Alistair Johnson's playing really well in Nashville. Let's go spend a million dollars on him. Mm-hmm. But they all worked out. They're all good hits. Um that being said, Columbus has shown that they're gonna back their own, their coach more. So I actually think Nancy took a step back this year. He we'll didn't have, have, have Lucas Celib. I'm on. excited. I'm... We'll have to wait and see.
0: I'm excited to vote. But um Emmett, it's been a pleasure as always. We're gonna let the good folks go. Folks, enjoy the win. Enjoy the game this weekend. Big one against Charlotte. If you don't have your tickets, go to MLSsoccer.com slash tickets now. Go see the fire, potentially lock up, not a playoff spot, but a home playoff game.